0: persist until the
1: formation of the National Wrestling Alliance in 1948. NWA as a central governing body, with its singular, undisputed world champion, would be absolute, and undeniable. This control, combined with the expansion of the interstate highway system, and the inevitable popularity and availability of regional television, would usher in an era of wrestling that was defined by what would come to be known as the territory system. The territory system would dominate wrestling for nearly four decades. While the borders, authority, popularity, and obedience of individual NWA territories was in a near-constant state of flux, to this day the impact and influence of these territories is still felt. Each territory had its own signature promoter and star. While it is impossible to cram these characteristics into a static, concrete map, we are damn sure going to try anyway. So open
0: up your eyes, way before it gets too late. Now one man, there's no way you can, hit. the three running, don't give a damn. A simple explanation, that you'll never find. and yeah. yeah.
2: episode of this week in Pro Wrestling with your host Mike Monty and Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy, um, kind of changing the format for Ooh. our usual this week because uh, I think we both deemed it important to show our respects to one of the all-time greats, the Iron Sheik, before we start our conversation. And by the way, uh, Eric Sims will be with us in about five minutes. Eric was uh, widely known as the local agent who uh, famously brought Iron Sheik to the Howard Stern show.
3: Got his teeth loosened.
2: Got his teeth loosened, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Mm. so Eric will treat the fans to some Iron Sheik stories so we can uh, maybe have a laugh and, you know, as a family, say our goodbyes to one of the great, Villains Yeah and faces. Yeah, well. In pro wrestling. He was more dastardly than anything, but yeah. The Iron Sheik, known as the World Wrestling, The Iron Sheik has died, one of the modern wrestling legendary heels. Iron Sheik spent fifty years in pro wrestling, Dang. cultivating a reputation of one of the medium's greatest, most dedicated athletes and trash talkers. Playing on the politics of the day to enhance his villain gimmick, he was celebrated for his talent in the ring, his considerable physical strength, and his electric, combative energy during interviews and promotions. Thoughts on the Iron Sheik, sir?
3: Wow, where does it really all begin? I remember first seeing the Iron Sheik back in, I would say, 79 or so, maybe 1980, swinging them clubs. And there was really nobody more of just a pure, natural villain. This guy just generated it, generated the heat. Uh, he was always in great shape. Uh, you know, it's weird, though. The guy was super muscular, but there was always that belly threatening to, you know, just uh, come out a little bit. couple things. <laughs> Rick
2: B says Dan was the reason he got in Howard Stern because of his interviews with him. We'll ask Eric that. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is Eric is the one that's known for bringing him on to Howard Stern, sure. so I don't know. Sure. But go ahead.
3: No, he's just a tremendous, tremendous talent. I, you know, earlier today, a couple of people I know that I work with, uh, young guys, you know, 20s, 30s. Uh, that He's clearly before their time, but they they knew who he was. They came to me. They were like, Iron Sheik, huh? And I'm like, how do you even know this guy? And like, what are you kidding me? Everybody knows the Iron Sheik. I... That says it all. I remember, you know, we spent all
2: those years um, rooting against the great Bob Backlund. It's funny how things change, right? We were.
3: Then there's that night. Right. And right. Uh, Please tell it. Cause I,
2: you know, Jimmy introduced me to wrestling. And at the time, Iron Sheik wasn't in the WWF anymore. He was Hosein Arab in the WWF. And I saw him in magazines that Jimmy had in his room. Mm-hmm. So no big deal. Fast forward all these years, we watched all these great villains get put down by Bob Backlund. All of them. All of them. And then think
3: about some of the names too. Go ahead. Not to, not to, you know. I mean, my God, he he defeated Sergeant Slaughter. He defeated the Magnificent Morocco. He defeated Greg Valentine. He defeated Playboy Buddy Rose. He defeated Killer he, I could go on and on and, and on. And by the and way, Black right Jack Mulligan, Ray Stevens. You just go on and on. Right
2: before December twenty sixth,
3: right, he had just defeated the Mass Superstar, I believe. Right. He would, big John Studd. You, yeah. you name him, Bob Backlund knocked him down. So we're
2: watching wrestling and Iron Sheik, who I'm looking at as Hosein Arab, right. uses his Things or the clubs. Yeah, swinging them around. And then Backlund tries to show his strength, and he gets attacked by Iron Sheik. So we're like, okay, this is to make you believe that he could actually have a chance against Backlund.
3: Right. Literally. This has got to be another King Kong Moscow situation. This is a win for Backlund. Easy, easy. No problem.
2: One of the only times I don't watch the Madison Square Garden card, and I go to my girlfriend's house, okay, on December 27th. Okay, Okay. it's right after the holiday, yeah, right? And in the time, if everybody remembers, if you live in New York, anyway, in the Daily News, they used to have like a little clipping of the results of the wrestling matches. By the
3: Masked Grappler. And
2: I'm like, whatever. (laughs) And I go, let me go look and see what happened. Like, I didn't know what happened. And I see the Iron Sheik Mm -hmm. has defeated Mm -hmm. the great Bob Backlund. And my jaw
3: dropped. How did I not call you right away? I have no idea. Where were we at that point? Had I discovered weed? You might have discovered <laughs> weed. I think we have our answer. You know, it's funny, though. I was—I remember watching it, and I'm thinking to myself, what we were saying. There's just, no, this is a walk in the park for Backland. And then he gets him in the camel clutch, and I see Arnold Scullin, and I'm thinking to myself. Did you watch it live? Of course of I hard. did. Oh, so you saw oh, this? Oh, I did. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I'm watching this, and I see Arnold Scullin, and I'm like, is he? What's he doing with that towel? Is he gonna throw the? Are you serious? He threw the towel in? I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. It was right up there with uh, any insurmountable upset you can think of. I was like, are you kidding me? That was shocking. I think the garden was shocked. That was almost six years of Bob Backlund rolling, roll ro- rolling through everybody. The wrestling prodigy, boy, reek, Backlund, reeked of a wrestler's wrestler, and that all of it—the Iron Sheik—really, mm. with all the guys he turned away all those years, that was the last I think person they I had thought.
2: thought about giving it to Morocco. They had right. thought about giving it to the mass superstar. Valentine even had it for in New York for, a, for like a week or something. But Oy. Iron Sheik was the right guy, he and was. I think I think it was Luce who said it. Loose, forgive me if it, was it wasn't right you, yeah. but Iron Sheik is. Definitely responsible for kicking off Hulkamania. Hocam- Hocam- he, he is. There wasn't a better opponent. And I remember that night Yeah. with January 23rd, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Hogan winning that belt. <laughs> and the thing that's interesting after that, though, Jimmy, is this. Uh, we were talking about this. The one thing that kind of gets swept under the rug is it's, fun- it's funny, right? The Iron Sheik was so incredible. But he later on, with, like you mentioned, being on Dan's interviews or on Howard Stern, he kind of... Became a parody of himself. A parody of himself. He did. He but did. the one thing I think a lot of people forget is how hot the Iron Sheik was that he took a villain, uh, like the returning Sergeant Slaughter, right, and just them crossing paths instantly USA. made Sergeant Slaughter into a hero. USA, Quick question, Madison Square Garden boot camp match, Madison Square Garden alley fight. Patterson Slaughter,
3: Sheik Slaughter. Which one was better? Oh, nothing touches the alley fight. Nothing will ever touch the alley fight. I think even Tightwad Meltzer gave that match of the year. Think about that for a second, too. Artsy-Fotsy Meltzer, I do believe, gave that match of the year. What a bloodbath I got to tell
2: you, to me, I thought the boot camp match... Outdid the alley
3: match. In what way? Was it just more competitive? Because I, I know you love Slaughter. And Slaughter I, took like a 20-minute straight beating bike from Patterson. It was, it was no, unbelievable. It was. It, it, in it, those it, jeans. Right. That stupid tight t-shirt that <laughs> said, I love them. And those boots. Right, exactly. Which he took off and started with Which was, a, it. Great it it was, was a great match. It was
2: Fantastic. I love But it. that boot camp match. And you know, we forget about this too. All right. The Sheik had those curly boots. Yes. And he used to kick them. He had, did three <laughs> of them. Oh, yeah. And then he would like hit you with it. Right.
3: I mean, how great was that? You know, it's funny, too. We we point out that he became a... That was amazing, by the way. But we, we point out that he became a parody of himself. Let me tell you, and I believe this. With the explosion of the internet over the years, as Sheik was becoming a parody of himself, best business movie ever made. He kept the eyes on him. Right. And as the internet grew, he got new eyes on him. So I think that Sheik was very, very... Smart at playing the public. He well, knew exactly what Talk about what being do.
2: smart. Rick B brings up, would have been interesting to see things, how they turned out, mm-hmm. if he took the 100K to break Hogan's leg. And I got to tell you, you just said it. Mm-hmm. Sheik was smart. Mm-hmm. Sheik knew... Look, think about it, if he took his his hundred grand, he would have went back to the A.W.A. And again, guys, if we think that Vince wouldn't have defeated A.W.A. eventually Mm -hmm. anyway without Hogan, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't even be without Hogan. Mm -hmm. Well, it could be. I don't know. I don't know what would have happened, but in the the end, Vince would have came up on top. And Sheik would
3: have... He would have been done. He would have been done. He would have been done because everything else would have folded and he would have had nowhere to go. I mean, if everybody looked at the documentary, I think his his
2: first quarter... With mm-hmm. his
3: dolls or whatever,
2: mm-hmm. it was like a quarter of a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Can I start a little shit?
3: Good. This never gets said either. Why is it always automatically that Hulk Hogan is a wuss? Like, let's say he did try to break Hulk Hogan's leg. How do you, what? To, okay, break my leg, brother. Well, Are you really gonna like, you I, know... I think because everybody knows that Hogan, Hogan... was
2: a real grappler. Okay. Right?
3: okay. Okay, so what? Hogan got his leg broken by Hiro Matsuda. That didn't toughen him up. Well, I'm gonna agree with you there. Why, what it's are you like, just gonna walk in and just break his leg? No problem. Right. The guy's 300 pounds, six foot eight, or whatever he was. There could have been. there could have been a fight. I just you're right. I find it funny that automatically Hogan gets snapped in half because he's Vince's cartoon toy. Get get the fuck out of here. No, you're right. He's a big dude. He always was. You're right. And he's a lot tougher than he gets credit for because in Japan, you know, and I know it's been said a thousand times. Go watch what he did in Japan. The guy could go. I mean, he, when he needed to go, he went. He wrestled per his gimmick, not to turn this into a Hogan. Hard thing. to disagree with. just annoys with, me. Hard to disagree you know, By with the way, Edito's Hogan was camel. the first one to break that camel clutch and when he fought Iron Sheik. Remember, he got Hogan in the camel clutch. Absolutely. That didn't last, did it, brother?
2: <laughs> wow, look at you getting crazy over that. <laughs> I can't help it. And let's not forget Dude. him and Nikolai winning the tag team oh,
3: titles. That, oh, God, did they... I hate that. Before
2: Eric comes on, ah. I, do, I do want to tell a story. And I am going to take credit for this. So, Get again, it. I might have told it before. Okay. But when I was in the military, I was in Fort Polk, Louisiana. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I know. Me uh, too. Louisiana. Um, so, yeah, like one weekend, yeah. we were driving and we're going past like something. I think it was called the Monroe Civic Center. Oh, I could no. be wrong. I think I know this one. Okay. And it says today. Right. You know, WCW. Right. So, I go, hey, guys, let's just go. We'll get some tickets up top, and we'll go. Up top? Up Would you top. get a 350 days audience? Well, <laughs> no. like, you figure <laughs> you figure it's a <laughs> day of. Right. You're not, you know, yeah, it's probably right. packed. Yeah, we think so. We walk up there. 1988? 88, no, 89. 89. 80, 88, okay. 89. Yeah, wrestling's
3: doing fine. Don't hold
2: me to exact yet. Yeah. Yeah,
3: wrestling's doing fine either way. In my
2: mind, it's doing fine. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> Until you walk in. So we walk in. <laughs> And I go, yeah. hey, we'd like some tickets. They're like, what row? And I'm like, the best you got. Front row. Sitting next to Gordon Solo? And I'm like, what? Wow. Yeah, front row. Wow. We go in. There's no one. Are you kidding there's me? There's nobody there. Like, this, this is a house show. This is a house show. Wow. And the house show is loaded.
3: There's no one Sullivan, in the
2: house. Sullivan, Michael Hayes against ex Luger for the U.S. title. Wow. Sting against Rotundo. That's great. Right? Those are good matches. But So here's where I'll take credit.
3: Flair so here's on, a bunch Flair of... Flair on Flair was not on okay, this one. Okay, we might have... Uh... So
2: we're sitting on the... We're, we're in the front row, yeah. and we're fucking loud. We're drunk, we're loud. The wrestlers <laughs> are loving us. The second match is the Sheik, and I forget who he's wrestling. Okay. And it's WCW. But I got the guys with me going, chanting, Hogan, Hogan. <laughs> yeah, he gets ch- on the microphone, oh, oh, and he goes... Hogan Fu, I'm the real WWF champion. Yeah. Right? Okay, he's gimmicking us for the show right. that us five are at. The right. only ones in the area got right. it. Every week, and you guys can look it up on TV, that's what he said. Right. From that, from that point, point on forward. Interesting. And I was like,
3: holy shit. Look what you guys started. Look what we started. That's awesome. It's it good ver- thing you five guys were there.
2: That's right. I got to tell you, good time. good time, good time, good time. All right, let's get with Eric Sims. You ready to get Eric Sims? He's ready to go? All right, hats off. Hats off. Well, for me, not you. Hats off. Sims, Simsy, how are you, buddy? I'm
4: here. I'm here. How are you? How are you? I hear, I hear my seat. I'm held up. I'm doing, I'm doing just fine.
2: So our condolences um, to the passing of your friend, Eric Sims. Don't worry, D. Lee. Eric Sims is there. I know you're probably some mark for Sims. Do you know who D. Lee is? They're, they're, they're coming in their drawers waiting for you to come on. They're what?
4: <laughs> yeah, well, I advertised that I was coming on. So, All right.
2: yeah. Look, so Sims. Yeah, yeah.
4: What, little, what little fan base I have is uh, I kind
2: of so. want you. They want you. <laughs> um, of, course. of course. You lost Sheiky. Can you tell the fans how you feel about The loss of someone that actually got your career going, correct?
4: Well, when I when I when I when I broke when I broke in, yeah, I've always told Chris Candido, Balls were the ones that got me in, originally broke me in. Then I hooked up with uh, Dennis Carluzo, Doc. Diamond, not that crew, but it wasn't. But for the part, you know, as far as wrestler, because usually got the wrestler. That like kind of like takes you by the wing and kind of you know leads lead you by the way. That for me that was the Iron Sheik. So uh, you know, if it wasn't for the Iron Sheik, there'd be no ESS. So you know, we met. Um, fuck, Mitch Seinfeld show in Brooklyn, right? Miss Seinfeld show, yeah, in Brooklyn, somewhere in Brooklyn. Yeah, you know, and you know, Sheik just took a liking to me, and we just you know we just hit it off. Every, Ever since, I mean, who who thought an Iranian and a Jew would actually get along and be able to, you know, survive together without you, killing each
3: other? Eric, were you smart enough to take him someplace nice for the first meal?
4: <laughs> uh, I don't remember, but I think, I, yeah, listen, we probably went to a diner or something,
3: all right? All right, so
2: let's get to some serious stories. So, sure, explain your first interaction with the sheik what was it like?
4: Oh, Jesus Christ uh i I don't remember i met him at i i I met him at mitch's show and you know it was just kind of you know you know how you know just normal normal stuff i mean nothing nothing from nothing he didn't know me i didn't really know him i mean you know outside of the persona that he was and you know we just met and you know we just we hit it off and you know i just started traveling with him, you know well, well what did you say hey I'd to
2: like to start promoting you and having you coming yeah, yeah, that, signings. yeah yeah, that's
4: kind of what, that's kind of how that's kind of how it started it's like hey can I get you some bookings and stuff and I I just started you know handling the bookings for him you know, so back, back then so and it was and it wasn't you know it was kind of it was just a couple of years because then he went to you know WCW and then back to WWE because that was you know, I met, I met Shiki, like 86 rings.
0: So another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bank slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do?
4: between 86 to like 88 ish you know you know doing the independent circuit thing right right when he just got you know he just got released from wwe after the um uh the hacksaw thing and you know he was just right just doing the independent stuff and then i think then he if memory serves me right like he got picked up by wcw and then he went back to wwe to do the um you know the tag with sarge and stuff and then then after that he kind of disappeared Oh, then he came back a little bit with um, with Backlund and Sultan, and then after that, like he kind of he kind of disappeared after that, and then uh, and then we got hooked back up and did um, you know work work you know you know through the late nineties we did uh, all the independent stuff, and then into the early two thousands before you know before it kind of ended in two thousand and ten.
2: Well, how was he? Was he a smart man, a shrewd negotiator? We know how shrewd you are. So, how were your conversations?
4: <laughs> well, we were talking. Listen, we're normal. I mean, we just we talked on the phone. It's like, hey, Caz, I got this, I got this, this, and this for you. I'm going to give you this, this, and this, and you know, this is where I can pay you. And it's like, okay, Eric Bubba, no problem for you. Anything, anything, Bubba, anything. So, you know, that's that's kind of how that's kind of how that's kind of how it went. I mean, you know, we did we did so much, so much stuff together. You know, it's, it's just, you know, people people only see the finished product. That's me showing up at whatever appearance I have uh, and doing the business. You have no idea what I went through to get there. You know, and then I went through hell. I mean, I basically, you know, for the 24 or so years I was with him, it was, you know, it was just, you know, I kept putting different safeguards in place because it's just, you know, every time I I thought I had it, something else would go wrong, and then something else would go wrong. Well, give because...
2: a give a typical booking weekend with the Sheik.
4: Well, uh, you know, so like I pick him up at the airport, and God forbid I was five minutes late. You know, he starts screaming and yelling. You know, uh, you, you know, especially when I'm, i I pull up, he's like, "You late, you dumb son of a bitch!" And like the cops are there, and this and that, and, and the cops are begging me to get him out of there. You know, it was like you know, screaming at the cops, screaming at me. You know, just you know, you're late. You're not ready for me to take you to see Mr. McMahon. You're unprofessional. But but but. but the minute he got in the car, we pulled off. Oh, Eric, blah, blah Good to see you. You know, we gave each other a hug, a kiss. You know, in the car and whatever. So when we we're driving away, so like I, I kind of, I kind of fi- I kind of figured out what my role was. Uh, you know, you know sooner, you know, you know sooner than later. But uh, and I and I just played the role ever since you know that inept agent that couldn't get anything right couldn't do anything right and you know but it was the bond pulling the strings behind behind the scenes just to make it to make it all happen because uh, you know during that time you know like the sheik's dark dark times you know with the drugs and the this and the that and I, and I had to fight through all of that in order to make make the appearances and stuff so it's you know it was, it was super super challenging, you know, you know, and then the late nights after the show, oh, let's go to the bar. Oh, this, this was you we don't want to disrespect our friends. Here we go, as we go sit at the bar, you know. And I don't, I never drank. I hate, you know, and then you know I had to drive back late at night. And I was a young, I was you know young young cat at the time, but you know I, as always, you know, I never liked traveling. Like you know, three o'clock in the morning, and run driving back to the hotel. I was drop dead exhausted from my day. And, you know, and he just never wanted to leave the bar and he just kept drinking and people buying drinks and this, this and that. It just took a while to get him to the car and get him, you know, get him out, you know, get, get him to the hotel and stuff and whatever. But, you know, when it came time for business, he was spot on.
3: Eric, when he was released with the drugs, obviously, like he's mentioned before, the Hacksaw, you know, situation, is, is it at that point that you... I Look, I know you're a smart guy. You're an opportunist. Was it at that point that you thought to yourself, well, this guy might really need some bookings right now. Let me jump on this.
4: Um, again, at the time, you know, I, I was just kind of getting my feet wet at the time. You know, I, I broke in around 85, 86, and, you know, it just I needed to tell, I wanted, to tell, you know, I was doing different aspects of the business from you know Doing some vending and a little promoting I, You know, you know the the true agent thing stuff didn't start to look like a little bit later on But I did a little bit of it, but not uh, as well as like what you see today Okay, uh, that took a long time to develop, you know, I had to take I only work with like one or two guys just to You know get my feet wet and the Sheik was the Sheik was the you know, was the mate was the main guy so it just you know, it's just a lot of trial trial and error because he, you know, it's just you know what you see is what you get. I mean, he was just that that big of a character, and he knew how to he knew how to play people, and he knew how to pay, play people against me. You know, you know, so you know everybody just always made fun fun of me and this and that. But I I was the one who's just making the deals and just. You know, get you know people knew you know you know appreciative that I got him to the got him to the appearances and stuff, but it was it just it was a lot of work, just a lot, a lot of work. And you know, I, I, I always, I always said, um, you know, the best part about the weekend was putting him on the plane and sending him home, uh, and that I would <laughs> never ever ever work with him again because he just it was just impossible until the next time I worked with him, and it just never ended. So you know, it's just that's kind of how. That's kind of been the story of our relationship.
2: When he lost his daughter, did you reach out to him? Or, oh, yeah. or and oh, yeah. how did that conversation go?
4: You know, he's crying to me on the phone and stuff. I mean, it was just um a sad time. And listen, it for not just the sheep, but any parent, you're supposed the child is supposed to outlive the parent. That's kind of how it works. You know and occasionally sometimes the child passes for you know you know you get to may get sick and pass away but you know you don't expect the child to get murdered and you know just just kind of this kind of just doesn't how it works you know and it just it hit him hard i mean it really hit him hard i mean the man was a true family man i mean you know he loved his wife he loved his kids and just you know it was just he was just You know just love love that aspect and not a lot of people saw that because all they saw was the character
3: eric i gotta tell you it's a great regret i've never mentioned it to you before but i always thought in the back of my head you know we've been doing business with you for years now and you've brought so many great wrestlers into the studio for us but i always thought in the back of my head I always wondered where you were with the Iron Sheik, knowing your history with him, and it's a great regret that we'd never had you bring him here. What caused, after twenty-four years, obviously a, a close relationship, a productive business relationship, what caused you and Sheik to say goodbye, in you know business terms, and perhaps even
4: in you know basically, friend basically terms? Basically, Sheik, Sheik was done. You know, after after we did this. The, after the fourth appearance on the Stern Show around 2010, where he he just it just it bombed. I mean, if you have, if you watch that inter if you watch that interview, she had no energy, like really didn't want to be there. Okay. And then I had a I had I had to come into the studio save and pretty much save that interview. where they you know the producers, everybody thanked me for doing it because I knew my I knew my role. I had to get in there, rile them up, have them yell at me, have them do. You know, have them. You know, whatever. Just stir, stir the poppy. because me and Sheik were the were the act. I mean, it was that, that the whole thing was me and him. I mean, it, him alone with his accolades is one thing. Now that, that's that's awesome. All the all the wrestling accolades, but you know, all the you know, me and him with it kind of kind of the act. Me being the bad, the inept agent can't get shit done. Me just no good, son of a bitch. Half half and half, break time, Jabroni and whatever. Uh, you know and he just yelled at me and you know goofed on me for that and just like you know I, know I knew my role there so i had to go in and do that but then after after that it's like he just never didn't want to leave the house anymore so it's like you know like the, the, the megan boys from canada got him out a couple times you know a couple times for some appearances and you know and then he did wrestle wrestle in 2018 up here in new york and that was kind of his last real major like major major appearance.
3: What was the what was the uh, conversation like with you and him after the fourth and uh, final Howard Stern appearance? Did you turn to him and go, you know, uh, you you kind of bombed? Would you even have the nerve to say something? What was the conversation like after that show?
4: No, no, like I can't I, I, You can't you can't tell the Sheikh that because like he he gets a little hot under the collar and stuff and just like you know. It, I just baby-faced the situation, oh, you did good, cheek. You, you, know, you did, you know, you know, it's like, okay, you are, you are feeling good, you know, okay, you know, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of knew, I kind of knew it, but, you know, it's just like, I don't want to, you know, again, I'm not going to break the bad news to him, you know, it was like, hey, Chic, your parents sucked, and, you know, what the fuck are you thinking about, you know, you know, I had reality TV looking at me, you know, I had, I was in contact, I was in talks with, um, Buna Murray, that's the ones that produce, um, uh, the Bella Twins and the Divas show, and they they have a bunch of other stuff that's on that, that, that's on, you know, regular TV, I was in contact with them, they had interest, it just didn't go anywhere, you know, and it's all because of the Sheik, and it's just, you know, it's just, you know, he's the driving force. I'm just a I'm just a bit player in, in this. He he's technically the star. I I'm just the, you know, I'm just a you know, the bit player. You know, just trying, you know, just trying to play my role, but you know, he you know, everything's iron chic.
3: On a wrestling level, and as a wrestling fan, which I know you are, obviously, I, where do you rank? Did we just lose the greatest villain in the history of the business, or top five? I mean, where would you put yeah, him?
4: Yeah, one, 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 yeah, one, yeah, uh, Listen, there, there are a lot of great, there are a lot of great performers, and you y- you have to look at it. There's a couple ways to look at 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 it. Um, one from a financial point, you know who who's the greatest wrestler of all time? The one who made the most money. That's who's the greatest of all time. You know, so did, did she, did, you know, did, did she make, you know, did he make Hogan or Rock or Austin money? No. But, you know, then, then you got to look at, you know, the villains. Did he draw, you got to draw heat. So she drew nuclear heat at times, and sure. especially, especially back in the, back in the you know in, you know in the early days you know of the of WWE you know with Slaughter and you know before before like just as Vince was going national you know I mean they knew what they were doing with the hostage situation I mean he came along at the right time and they you know they played played the role perfectly I mean there was some nuclear heat when you're when you when you're when you've got so much heat that they want to literally kill you where well, you have to go out in the trunk of a car so that they don't you don't actually throw a rock or a, you know shoot a bullet through a glass, you know, the window of your car. You're doing something right. I mean, that's a badge of honor right there. When when
2: did you realize Shiki was having drug problems?
4: Early on, from right from the beginning.
2: So he you know, was already like, he was I mean, already the man.
4: The, the, I I was so scared for the whole twenty some odd years that I was with him because. Like you know, sometimes he smoked in my car, and I keep telling him not to. But oh, your president, Mr. Clinton, oh, he could smoke the marijuana. But you're a champion; he can't smoke the mat- the marijuana. Well, you want to smoke? it? Great. Not in my car. Don't do it in my. Don't do it in my car. It's illegal in my car. If you want to smoke in your room privately, I, I I don't give a shit. Don't do it in my car. Don't do it in my car. You know so. Sometimes he was good, and when he got totally fucked up, he just did whatever he wants. And what, what scared me, you know, I lucked out. For the 24 or so years I was with him, never got stopped by the police, especially after the fact, driving home. So after I drop him off either at the airport or at the hotel before he before he go home, you know, I'm driving with the windows down because the car, whether he smoked in the car or not, his body reeked of pot all the time. So it's like I'm dry, you know, I'm driving with the windows down, and you can dead of fucking winter. You know, I'm literally going the speed limit. I'm not speeding. I'm not not driving crazy just to, you know, I, I just want to stay stay state of lane so I don't get pulled over by a cop. Uh, sir. What is that smell in your car? Uh, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do drugs. It's not me. Your car smells like, well, sir, step out of the car. It's like I scared the shit out of me. So like I had, you know, you know, you know, always get, you know, I had to take three days to air out the damn car. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just bad. Yeah,
3: he could have dropped a couple of marijuana buds. I hope you vacuumed that car after you dropped them. No, off. no,
4: no, he never left anything in the car.
3: But, oh, you sure? You know,
4: it's just he never left anything in the car. It just his body, you know, whether he smoked in the car or not, his body reeked in his stuff. I mean. You know, once you smoke, you know, you know, your body just reeks of that shit. Well,
3: Eric, it's legal and, now. That
4: you let your, and car, it so your well, car now. And sometimes when I was driving home after him, I had to pull into the rest stop because I I was so dropped dead tired. I had to take a little power nap in order for me to make it home. And I only lived 40 miles from the airport, and I mm. couldn't and I couldn't make it home because I was like on my last legs. I just couldn't I couldn't do it. I just went to a back end and just put the window down. Just took 20 minute power nap, so I was able to. You know, drive the extra twenty miles to get home just to make it home at uh, three o'clock in the morning. So it won't sore all over the damn road.
2: Eric Rickby says out there the reason Shiki got on Howard Stern was because of Dan Marotti's show. Is that accurate?
4: No, no, that's that's not that's not that's not accurate. Um, we did the Pharrell show because we were promoting. Uh, we were in town promoting something. And at that time he was doing that the internet thing, you know, with fuck the ass, you know, fuck Brian Blair and that whole that whole thing. So that's that's initially initially Dan's he originally did it on Dan's uh, platform, you know, on the DVD or whatever. So which made the internet. So that initially got it to Pharrell's Show, which is a on Stern one oh one, which is the sports show, the night show on, on the Stern Network, or one of the Stern Networks. Sheik went in, did his whole um you know you know just everybody just went off on everybody ripped everybody they loved it so much that they took they got the tapes over to the stern show and then three weeks later the stern show was calling me to you know hey we want the chic and you know and i just you know what you know i just told Sheik, hey you're coming to new york and we're doing the stern show it's the biggest thing in the world and you know I'm, you know at least for me because i'm a major stern fan and you know just another step up and I, I, you know, to me, it's just a stepping stone. I mean, I want, you know, I was hoping to do Stern, you know, for the publicity to, to move to the next level and, right. you know, whatever that was, I didn't know what, I didn't know at the time what it was. I was just hoping to get, get the exposure that we needed to move to the, to move to whatever next level that it was.
2: All right. So we're going to play a classic video for everybody out there. And then we want to get you to weigh in on what went on and what was going through Eric Sims's mind.
0: What the fuck you doing Oh. What the fuck you did to me? You tried to kill my fucking gimmick? This man know where I come from. And I know he, I know he come, come from. from. What the fuck you, 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 no, you, you bring about me here?
4: No. Well, you need to get security.
0: Fuck you. Fuck the security. I respect my country, sir. No. You treat me like that. I know you're from Georgia, man. Sorry. That was this fucking fuck. Don't fucking tell me I get sorry. You're a fucking asshole! You bring me here to teach treat me like that? That was your fucking fault! I respect him, I know you from Georgia, but don't never ever insult me again! <laughs>
4: <laughs> Side back from 2006? So that's about seventeen. That's about seventeen years ago. So what what you didn't what you didn't see there was uh, Bruno was with us also. San Martino, living legend. So I took you know I took Bruno over there because you know just shake hands maybe good for good for a photo opportunity you know because maybe you make a promo picture out of it. So War, Warrior was very nice and took, you know shook Bruno's hand was very respectful. Um, and I should preface this by saying, evidently there was some unwritten thing that said the warrior didn't want to see anybody, be around anybody, didn't want to talk to anybody. But like, I never got that message. So I, you know, so everyone good with Bruno. So I said, let, let me bring Sheik. Let me bring Sheik over there. You know, I could. I, I you know, I got a picture with him and Hogan. I got a picture with him and The Rock. I got a picture with him and Austin. Let's do something with him and him and Warrior. That would that would make a good picture that we could sell it at shows so i was just hoping for a photo up and i'm hoping Warrior would be cool and just take the picture but evidently i didn't know there was heat there so you know what what you saw what you saw ensue, you know you know ha- happened you know, you know so uh, warrior refused to shake his hand and you know Sheik didn't want to be embarrassed and then he blew up he blew up at me for bringing him over there and it just and then you know what happened you know what you saw happen, happened and then he you know, so so like he got mad, he slapped me, and you know I wasn't one. I wasn't quick enough to block it, and so much for that. Israeli jiu jujitsu. <laughs> well, it's just, just a basic. No, it's not jujitsu. It's just a just a simple block. <laughs> but but anyway, what do I what do I what do I what do I do? He hits oh, yeah. me. Do I do I turn around in public and I and I already knew cameras were going because that was like right 2006, right at the start of the YouTube stuff and videotaping and. This and that and like what do I, what do I do? I'm in a bad I'm in a bad spot. How do I make this better? Do I do I want strike the sheik back and possibly beat him? You know, possibly knock knock him out. Uh, I'm still an asshole. Do I do I try to tack him back? And And for some reason, he he kicked he kicks, he, kick, he kicks my ass, which he's which he's which he's supposed to do. You know, because he's a because he's a celebrity. You know, so I I thought. Twice about that, and Plus, it's on tape. I didn't want to do anything, so the third option is just walk away and you know regroup, and we'll just figure it out another another day when cool heads prevail. Does he does he apologize
2: for slapping you in public yeah. like that?
4: We we spoke privately about it, and you know, yeah, he did. He did apologize. Uh, uh, we talked about it at length, you know, in the hotel room, and just. You know, and we just we just agreed to move on. You know, move. To, you know, work work better. Because I told them, you know, <laughs> don't hit me anymore. It's, it's going to be done. We're done. I mean, I you know, I don't care. You yell, scream, do you know, do do the gimmick. But you know, when it gets physical, no, that's that's where I drew the line. I can't. Eric, you know, I know it's business first. To, but but wait a second, wait a second. But yeah. now now that the slab goes in, it's like, hmm, how do I make chicken salad out of chicken shit? So. How, now I'm going to have to be slapped everywhere I fucking go because we already soared. So, like, I'm already in my mind thinking that that's, you know, that's what's going to happen. Well, That's a new part of the act.
3: Yeah, I was wondering if you were immediately processing the dollars and the cents because I think you know me by now. If you slap me in the face, I don't care who you are. We're going to have an issue. So, did you right away, like, you know, think dollars and cents?
4: <laughs> no. No, right away I was pissed as shit. I would it's figure. Just, as I... As I, you know, as I was thinking about it, you know, as the days went on and, you know, months went on, it's like, you know, how do I make chicken salad out of chicken shit? So, you know, you know, and how do I, how do I, you know, listen, that, along with other stuff, got us to Pharrell, got us to the Stern Show, got us, you know, you know, all that stuff got us to where we, you know, you know, get to get help get us to the next level. Do you look? Do you look
3: back on that slap with like pride after all these years? Because after all, it's a pretty memorable moment. It's what you're known for in a lot of ways.
4: You know, I have a hard time. I have a hard time watching the videos of myself. Um, I I just, you know, I kind of. It's you know, I mean, I guess it's part of my legacy, but I'm kind of embarrassed. You know, it's just like embarrassing to watch. It's like for me it's hard to watch that stuff because it's just, you know, I don't know. It's just, I'm real sensitive like that. I don't like, you know, I guess that's what I'm remembered for or, you know, you know, whatever, but, you know, I want to be remembered for other things as well. Just not like, you know, you know, the pub, the public scoldings of, you know, you know, you know, or the being humiliated by the sheik all the time, even though that was kind of kind of my role, but you know, I want to be known for the guy who, Actually, took care of Sheik in his downtime, helped reinvigorate him, reinvent him for the independent for the independent scene, you know, uh, and just you know made him get and get him to the, uh, you know, you know, showed up to his appearances and just you know just, just just help him make a living, you know, when you know WWE and you know WCW everybody closed the door on him.
3: In the years after you guys broke off after twenty four years of business, did you talk to him much in the in the later years? Sheik? I you know I
4: call him every week. I I call him every every week. I call I call Sheik. Um Hey, Kaz, how are you? You want to come out one more time? The fans want to see you. Let's do uh, you know? Let's do a tour. Oh, Eric Bubba, I uh, I'd love to. Uh, call me next week. And next week turn into the following. And turn it turn into the following. And turn it turn into the following. And it's like. Like it's like I get you know I tried but it's like it's not, it wasn't it wasn't happening. He didn't want to come out any anymore. His knee, his ankle, you know, it's just it was just it just it getting was bad. It was getting worse, and like he was depressed. Like he and I thought he was feeling so In the beginning, I thought he was feeling sorry for himself. He just didn't want to want to do it anymore. But you know, it's you know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just you know. I kind of came to the realization that it was over. So, you know, you know, I just kept in touch with him. I just, you know, hey, Kaz, how are you? How's the family? You know, just just because, you know, for old time's sake, you know, but I kind of of knew we were, it wasn't going to happen. You know, we were, it wasn't going anywhere anymore. So, you know, you know, and in the end end here, I I kind of gave up on it. Like I haven't, you know, I haven't talked to him in the last, I don't know, nine months to a year. I just haven't. You know, I just kind of lost lost track with him. I mean, it just you know, I just guy just gave up on it.
3: Were I you just, surprised you know, at his just, death? I mean, there was really no news of uh, you know any illness well, or
4: he was sick. Now, I mean, he was he was under the weather. He was feeling tired. He was, um, you know, you know, I, I hear it. In, I could hear it in his voice when I when I spoke to him. It's like. Some days good, some days bad, and it's just like, I, I, I you know, I, I did I know he was gonna die yesterday? No, but you know, he, he's been in he's been in ill health for a long time. You know, if you, fi- if you if you had finally, finally, I'm sorry, Eric.
3: If you had yeah. one chance to say something to him now, knowing that you know, knowing he's passed away now, is there anything you would have liked to have said to him?
4: Well, I just tell him that I loved him, and I, you know, I, th- you know, I thank him for, like, all he did for me, because he did a lot for me, he put me on the, kind of put me on the, put me on the map, and just, you know, g- gave me a little credibility, because, you know, hey, Eric Simpson with the Iron Sheik, and, you know, if you look back at my legacy, if you go back to YouTube, you can see all, all our antics, good, bad, or indifferent, it's all on YouTube, you know, from the Feinstein shoots, to the K. Fabe shoots, to the... To the Howard Stern stuff, to the Killers of Comedy. Oh, and when we were talking about Stern Show, like I wanted to move to the next level. Well, from the Stern Show, we stepped up. We got the Killers of Comedy, which is a uh, the touring comedy troupe. They put them, they gave him, they gave him a little, you know, they gave him a payday to go on the road with them, and it was, you know, that that was you know, didn't last long, but you know, for a short time, it, it did. It. That, that was good for him. I mean, he was he was happy going out, and seeing the car. Co- being with the comics, being with Beetlejuice, getting drunk, doing his five minutes on stage with Bob Levy and Beetle, and you know it was, you know, that made him happy. You know, he was, he was good. You know, I mean, you know, so like that was good. And then but I kept wanting more because like, I really wanted the reality show because I kind of figured that would be good. It, 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 he's good material for you know for reality sh- for a reality show and you know, it just never materialized because it's just, you know, he just, he cut it off. And I just wish he wouldn't have done that, but, you know, it, you know, it is what it was. All right. Well, before you know, we I head had out, to,
2: uh, before we head out, tell us the best road story that the sheik told you while you were working with him.
4: Well, I, I got, I got a road. I got a couple of road stories. Well you only got time for my, my, we
2: only have time for one because the guest from our main show showed up early <laughs> and he's prepared, <laughs>
4: unlike someone. But
2: anyway, go ahead. Uh, so
4: so as really my relationship with my wife, um, we were at a, I took my wife or my girlfriend at the time, not wife, to a convention in Long Island. Uh, we did a we did a convention in Long Island, and then you know, we're getting ready to get ready to leave. Um and then she told oh I left my hat down. He couldn't find his hat. So I had to run back down downstairs to where the convention was to get the hat. I told my told my girlfriend, don't let him out of your sight. Don't let him anywhere. We gotta leave because I gotta get to the wrestling show in New Jersey later on. So when I come I go down to look for the hat, which I couldn't find, I come back up and I see my girlfriend, wife now, yelling and screaming in the street. they're both screaming at each other in the street in in the street because you know by by the car because she wouldn't let him get into the limo with the promoter of the convention to do his drug to do the drugs and whatever uh, and then we got it you know we get him back in the car and they're yelling and screaming at each other in the car and how, how, how do i pick sides here i mean do i do i choose my you know do I go to my girlfriend's side you know because i got to be with her or do i take my client's side because you know, I, you know, I gotta do business in the future so I, I kind of got both of them to settle it down. They both had to apologize to each other, which they, which I made them, which I made them do, and like you know they're just mad as hell about that. And uh, but that that's kind of how that's kind of how it worked. And I never took my wife on the road again, nor girlfriend, or but, whatever. But on the the, r- road
2: the real question: if they weren't able to work it out at that moment, you're going with Sheik. Who would you have chosen? I <laughs> chosen. the, the sorry. Sheik. The has <laughs> gone. I knew it. So in hindsight, Eric, if I ask you this question and you could turn back time, do you wish they didn't make up?
4: No, 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 no. no. Because I I, I need, you know, I want the peace. I want peace of mind. That's what I want. It's all about, you know, I want a peaceful, quiet ride. I want to get the business done. The most important thing is getting the business done. You know, I got to show up to to each appearance because each of the sponsors, you know, Paid money, advertise, and it's important that they show up so that we can honor honor our commitments, whatever it was to whoever you know, whoever the sponsor the sponsors are. So that's a, that's what I did. I had to I had to make the piece, make it right, get to our show, do do it. And once you know, once the weekend was done, they don't got to see each other anymore. Mm-hmm. I could see my girlfriend when I want to. I see the chic when I got business for him, and you know that's you know that's it.
3: I could see her going turning to you after you pick the sheik and going, You want the baby, you want the wife?
4: Bah, poor. No, uh, no, I mean you know, you know, you know, he you because know, he's Iranian and you know, they you know, he's very strong, dominant, you know, let women talk to me like that and this and that and women should know her place. And like my wife wa- my wife is uh a girlfriend. she's uh she's no filter, you know, Irish Irish woman and you know, you piss her off, uh, she'll put you in your place and put anybody well. in her place. I mean, and that's that uh, and she don't care. She don't give a shit. So and I was like, I was cringing because it was like you know, potential the potential of getting ugly, and I didn't want to, you know, again, I got to keep the peace with everybody. So, you know, without that, that's what I did. We yeah, just,
2: and th- just think about it. You didn't get Bill's palsy out of it either. So in the end, it all works. Out. <laughs> well, that, that, hey,
4: listen, that wasn't until after I left, I was done with the iron can and. Uh, you know <laughs> uh, how
2: to how to move on to somebody else. Yeah, there that, you go. That is really well, jujitsu. I, st- I didn't get stressed out.
4: I got listen. Sheik stressed me out, but not not as not as bad as uh, uh you know as after I left him, I got stressed. Well, out. Well, listen, if you don't
2: let me ball. end this show, I'm gonna get bells, palsy, and stressed so I out. Thank you. Yeah. Seriously, Eric, uh, thank you for sharing your moments uh, about the icon Iron Sheik. And uh, again, thank you being part of the Monty and the Faro family.
4: Awesome! I am uh, always happy to be part of the Monty and the Faro family, and I'm always happy to come on, come on, and get interviewed and bring my talents in there. And it's uh, we, we got a great, we got a great relationship. We got we run it. We have a little hiccups here or there, but you know we'll, we're we're big enough. We can work through them, and you know we're good.
2: All right, guys. Thank you, Eric, and thank you everybody for joining us. We'll see you in literally six minutes, where we've got. Former WWE photographer, the great Johnny Photo, making his second appearance on Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast. So everybody's joined us at 9 o'clock.
3: We'll see you shortly. You've been watching This Week in Wrestling. And until next week in wrestling, later.